Blog. Welcome to the Ginger London Show. I am Minister Ginger London, and I'm very excited about this show. This is the premiere show of the Ginger London Show. And so today, I will tell you a little bit about myself, and then I will discuss uh, maximizing your uh, potential. So I want to say thank you for everybody that is calling in by phone, those who are logged in into the Internet, uh, maybe through Facebook, through some of the other social sites, as well as through the Ginger London Ministries email blast, all of the E-Club members, for those that are tuned in. I want to say thank you, those that have called in. Thank you so much for tuning into the premiere show. And so we're going to get started. We have uh, just a little bit of time with you, about almost an hour to be with you on today. But the discussion is uh, a very good discussion, and so we want to make sure that uh, you get all of the information that you're supposed to get. So once again, I'm Minister Ginger London. Welcome to the show. To give you a little bit of information about myself, uh, I am an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a native of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I answered the call to ministry under the pastoral leadership of Bishop Paul Morton Sr. of the Greater St. Stephen's Full Gospel Baptist Church in 1988. And at that time, it was just the Greater St. Stephen's Baptist Church. But it was under his leadership that I actually began to learn the importance of the Word of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer for daily living and for Christian service. And so it was during that time that I actually preached my um, very first um, sermon, uh, The Making of a Spiritual Diamond. And for those of you who uh, are not aware that that is actually going to be an upcoming book, and so we want you to, to be uh Watch, uh, mindful and watchful of that. So that's coming real soon as well. And so um, that's some information about myself as well as right now. Again, I'm in the Baton Rouge area. Also, I received um, in 2008 uh, some uh, national ordination under the leadership of Bishop Ivy, Bishop Ivy Hilliard of Houston, Texas, and I am part of the Association of Independent Ministries. Uh, I attended the Oral Roberts University School of Graduate Graduate School of Theology, and I have two master's degrees: one in master's in Christian education, which focuses on the teaching ministry of the church, and also I have um, a master's in counseling, which of course you know deals with um, helping people to overcome some struggles and make transitions and to succeed in life. Uh, previously, in the past, I've been the host of the Ginger London Ministry Show, te- television show which aired um, for over three and a half years right here in the uh, Baton Rouge area uh, on the uh, cable network here. I'm the founder of the London's Bible and Life Strategies Institute, the visionary of the Gotta Get Myself Together Relationship and Life Strategies Conference. And one of my favorite things is I am a contributing, a writing contributor to the uh, Aspire the New Women of Color Study Bible that came out in uh, the year 2000. And so without further ado, I'll tell you a little bit about how this show is uh, uh, going to uh, go. And, um, and then I will tell you about the, um, the ministry team that's going to be involved uh, 
on the show. We're going to do some shows that will discuss some issues of life in the areas of relationship, um, in the area of uh, Christian living, success, business, ministry, life coaching sessions. We'll also do some special guests uh, where we'll introduce you to some people who have some things going on in the um, in the body of Christ, and also we'll promote some products and some businesses um, for you. Joining us on this particular show is one of the team players that's going to do some special shows uh, uh, on on the Ginger London Show, on the Blog Talk Radio Show, and that is Tanisha Weaver London. I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her credentials and everything before we actually get uh, going with uh, this particular show on maximizing your potential. Tanisha, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, my name is Tanisha London. Um, I also, um, Ginger London is my sister-in-law. I um, currently reside in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. I graduated uh, from St. Mary's Academy High School, in turn went to Southern University, um, and also got my... Hello? Hello? We're here. Hello? We can hear you. I'm sorry, there was a I, I forgot. I don't I don't know what happened. Uh but I got my undergrad degree from Southern University in Baton Rouge. I got my master's degree from Southern Univer- Southern University at New Orleans. Both of my degrees are in social work. Uh while living in New Orleans, I attended Franklin Avenue Baptist Church as well as St. Mark's Fourth Baptist Church. I currently reside in Memphis, Tennessee, and I attend Hill Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. I um, am currently a licensed social worker as well as um, a licensed advanced social worker. I'm currently working on my licensed clinical social work, and I have approximately 700 hours remaining. Uh, my main focus uh, for the television show will be to, to discuss um, balancing acts, and that's just how to balance your career, your family, and at, at the same time, make time for yourself without stressing out. Uh, so I will be giving tips in that area. I will also be giving tips regarding um, issues regarding youth and children and just some things that you can do in that area um, because that's where most of my expertise is. I have worked in drug prevention. I've worked in drug intervention. I've also worked in health and mental health, mental illnesses. I've worked in every arena, but my affinity is definitely working with kids. So I, um, I do have a tendency to gear towards that area, but I am an expert in several areas um, regarding health and mental health. All right. So let's get on with the show for today. Uh, thank you for that. The, t- the message today or the, the teaching or the discussion today is maximizing your potential. And a lot of people have potential. They have what it takes, but they don't use what they have. And so today we're going to talk to you about how to use what you have. We're going to dialogue, Tanisha and I, along um, and we'll let uh, the lines will be open in a little bit so that you can actually call in with any concerns that you have or any questions that um, that you may have in regarding to in regards to the teaching. So let's start off by defining what does potential mean, because everyone's life has some potential to it. Now, how you perfect that potential, or mature it, determines what you do with what you have. And so, potential is defined as the possible but not yet realized. So a lot of people have potential. All of us have potential. And most of people have it, but they haven't realized to what extent or um, to what caliber their potential is or how far they can take their potential. Sometimes we, we, um, 
minimize our growth in life because we stagnate our potential or we don't believe that we can do more than what we're actually already believing. It also means um, with a possibility or likelihood of occurring or becoming something in the future. As a noun, potential means the capacity to develop. So all of us have the capacity to develop something in our lives, and that something that God wants us to develop is the purpose that he's placed on the inside of us. So we all have the capacity to develop or the capacity or the ability for future development or achievement. So if you're at a place where you're trying to discover what your purpose is or what you should do with your life, your potential is that thing that that gives you the ability to develop or to develop something to achieve for for the future. Okay. And so it, it, it comes from the Latin stem. Uh, potent, which we know means strong and effective. It means influence, having power. God has already placed on the inside of you the strength that you need to produce or to accomplish or to achieve whatever he has purposed for your life. Now, how you accomplish that and how you purpose it, that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you maximize it? And maximize means to make something as large as possible, to attach the greatest importance to something, to get the most out of what it is that you have. And so to give you a working definition on maximizing your potential, it means to attach the greatest importance to your ability, exhausting all the possibilities with the intent of producing some something of great value. All of us have something of great value that we can actually um, release to society, release to um, to our, our culture, and to uh many different areas of life, and so it's important that we learn how to do that. Uh, Tanisha, what would you, how would you, def- how would you summarize maxing, a person maximizing their potential? Uh, I think you summed it up really well. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, don't know, they know that they have a purpose in life, they know that they have a potential, but they sometimes need help in getting there. Uh, Sometimes we have so many things that we're focusing on, and I think I look at it this way. You can have ten goals that you want and do ten of them mediocre, or you can have five, three to five things that you really want to accomplish and do excellent. And I think in order for you to maximize your potential, it is to focus and find out what you really want to do, what's most important for you. So I think the way you summed it up is just, as best as anybody, just understanding what you want, how to get it, making some steps to getting there, and not just having so much on your plate. And I think that's definitely one of the ways and the strengths to getting to maximizing your full potential. So you can accomplish the three things, and then after that, if you want to work on something else, I think that's just as important. But at the same time, let's not fill our head up with so many things and not focus on what we really want that's going to make us as well or as in the area that we really want to be. Where do we really want to go? What do we really want to do? What is our main goal? Is it school, family? Yes, we can have all of that, but are we going to have five uh, careers that we're going to focus on? Or are we going to focus on one and maximize what we do in that particular area? Focus on something in our family and maximize our potential in that particular area. Absolutely. So we're going to give you uh, five strategies, and we're going to delve a little bit in each one of them to maximize your potential. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is believe that you have potential. The Word of God says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So you're going to have to believe that you actually have potential. Every life has a plan of God attached to it. Every life was created with um 
with purpose. And so you must begin to adjust your thought life about who you are. You must know who you are in order to maximize your potential. You must believe that you have potential. And in order to believe that, you have to know who you are. So we have to stop going around, or, or if you're in this place, you have to stop going around saying, I'm just a nobody. Well, it's just little old me. Well, when God created man in his image, he created more than just a nobody. He created a reflection of himself. He uh, created a, a representative of himself. So he didn't create nobodies. He created you with a purpose, and he specifically gave you a name. And he, he went even further than that. He told you in his word that he knows everything about you, even down to the numbers of hairs on your head. So you have to begin to see yourself as God sees you. If you don't adjust your vision uh, to see your potential, then your life will not be a fulfilled life. And, and, and uh, we know uh, we've been taught and we know that the mind tells the rest of the body, you know, what to, uh, what to do or what, you know, it says if you touch something hot, your mind says that, you know, it lets you know that it's hot. So, for example, since we're talking about vision, if you're looking at a, a, an apple, a fruit, when, you, when your eyes see the fruit, your mind says you're looking at an apple, Right. So it's the same thing about who, uh, in reference to who you are. When you see yourself, your mind says you, you're, looking at, you're looking at greatness. You're looking at someone who has potential. But if you look into that mirror and you see yourself and, you, and what you see is uh, something that's ugly to you, if you see something that's nothing, if you see uh, someone that is not going anywhere, that's, you, have, you have nothing going for yourself, then you're not going to do anything. But regardless of where you are, when you look into the mirror and you see yourself and if you allow your mind to speak to you and tell you that you have great potential, that you are somebody, that God created you to do great things, then guess what? The rest of you will follow suit because then you will, start begin, you will begin to pursue the potential that, you, that your mind has just confirmed to you by the Spirit of God that you, are, that you're, that you have. Amen? And then um, to, to confirm that for you, uh, Philippians 1, 6 says this, being confident of this, that he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. So the potential that you have on the inside of you is not something you created on your own. It's something that God had already begun in you, and it was a good work. That means that everything that you do, whether it's uh, in ministry, it's professional, uh, whatever area that you decide to that God has purpose for your life, it, it's already begun, it has already begun in you, and it is a good work. How we get it from the inside to the outside to the manifestation, that's the strategies that we're going to give you today. That determines, you know, um, how far you go or to what extent you actually fulfill the purpose and the potential that's on your life. And let me give you an example. In Genesis 2-7, it says, and God said, let us make man from the ground, from the dust of the ground. But it didn't stop there. It says, and he breathed the breath of life into him, and he became a living being. So God created man from the ground, but he didn't leave him on the ground. So in order for your potential to manifest in your life, God's potential, you have to allow the Spirit of God to breathe the breath of life into what he has purposed you to do. Because if he doesn't, you will stay where you were created and you will never move into why you were created. And that's where we want to get you to with maximizing um, your potential. We want to move you in from where you were created or what you were called to do into why. Because when you start moving into the why, you start walking out the steps that God has ordered uh, for your life. So principle number one is that you must, be, you, you must believe that you have potential. Get your mind right in this area. Take on a renewed mind. Take on the mind of Christ. You are the apple of God's eye. He created you to do great things. He has begun a good work in you. Get your mind right because when your mind is right, the actions 
will follow. The right actions will follow. Principle number two or strategy number two is you must acquire your potential. And what I mean by acquire your potential is you have to take ownership of it. Now, we don't, we don't supersede the ownership of God because we know that what God gives us is really his. We've just been entrusted to it. So when I say take ownership of it, what I mean is that you recognize that it has been entrusted to you and that you have an assignment to do something with it. So uh, taking ownership means that you uh, own it. You recognize that it's been entrusted to you, and then you have to begin uh, to v- develop it. And so in two respects, you, ent- you, you have been entrusted, some to, uh, been entrusted with something from God, and then you must pursue the purpose of it because nothing just happens. We have to make things happen. And so when you pursue the purpose of your potential, it means that once God has identified to you what it is you are capable of doing, then now you have to go after it with full force. So, for example, if you know that you are, God has um, purposed you to be a teacher and you, you have that potential to be a teacher, now what I have to do now is pursue the purpose behind my, my um potential, and it goes back to what Tanisha was saying, you know, do I want five jobs or do I want one job that I do well? So if I'm, if I'm uh, going to be a teacher, the per- why, what is the purpose of me teaching? Am I purpose to teach elementary? Am I purpose to teach middle? Am I purpose to teach high school? So, you know, what is, what is the purpose behind my potential? Because that determines what road I travel to get to where God wants me to be. So whether it's in ministry, if it's in business, then what type of business are you going to own? That determines how you pursue your potential. If it's another profession, like if you're going to be in law or, you know, if you're going to be a lawyer, if God wants you to be a lawyer, okay, well, it's a, uh, a, a, there's a full gamut of things you can do as a lawyer. What's going to be the area that he's purposed you to? If it's in ministry, what is the specific word that God has given you? Or what area of ministry are you truly empowered and gifted in? Because we'll never, any of us will ever do everything that's available to do, but we must do what we are assigned to do. So what is it that you are called to do? What is, what is your assignment? Um, at this point, it's important to identify specifically what uh, your gifts are, what your strengths are, what your talents are, and uh, the power of God that's on the inside of you. What has it been assigned to do? And so uh, a lot of times, and I, I, maybe you've seen this, Tanisha, professionally, is a lot of times people try to define their purpose uh, by what they've experienced in life. And our experiences are not necessarily what God has called us to. We've experienced it. It becomes a testimony, but it's not necessarily purpose. Every testimony is not a teaching. Every mess is not a ministry. So you have to know that when God cleans you up and gets you straight, gives you everything, puts you back on the straight and narrow, your purpose for his life, his purpose for your life didn't change because you got sidetracked. If you're supposed to be, I'm going to use uh, Tanisha as an example, if you're supposed to be a social worker and you decide to sidetrack and go off and be a lawyer, well, your, your God-intended purpose never changed. It's just that if you're going to be truly fulfilled out of life, you're going to have to redirect your course and get back into do, following that course that's going to make you the social worker that he intends for you to be. Uh, wh- wh- how did you uh, pursue uh, your potential, Tanisha? How did you, de- how did you determine or figure out that this is the course that you were supposed to take? I think, honestly, um, I probably already, I've always known it, just in growing up, uh, being able to advocate for people, uh, being that counselor without having the degree, always just being there for your family, uh, being a listener. However, once you get into college and you wonder, okay, what am I going to do next? Uh, what, what should my next step be? Uh, I did... 
honestly research, okay, what area do I think I will be, I will benefit more? I thought about political science. I thought about all those things. But then I had to think about, um, as you stated, it was from some life experiences, but it wasn't the crust of why I wanted to work in helping people. Because even in social work, when I decided that this is what I desired, it had a lot to do with just working with kids, working in a Head Start, working at a daycare, working at places when I was growing up that said, okay, I think this is where my niche is. Uh, seeing the, the environment where I lived and seeing how I wanted to make a difference and make a change, um, I think that had a lot to do with it. And then it was my calling, you know, talked about it, prayed about it, and just what I felt I would be the most beneficial in. And that's kind of how I looked at it. I looked at, number one, what do I, where do I think I would get the biggest bang? Where do I think I would be most happy? So that's going back to some of the things that you stated, uh, looking at your strategy, seeing where you will get the most potential, not dipping and dabbing in uh, different areas. Then after that, I think it was a level of maturity. Um, I think, you know, when I got to a certain area, I thought, okay, this is where I need to be. This is where I will find the most growth. This is the population that I want to help. And then after that, talking with others. You know, talking with other professionals, ensuring that this is the direction that I want to go in, and it's just not in social work. If you are wanting to start your own business, be it a clothing business, my mom actually owns a clothing store. She, in turn, had to talk with other people, find out how other people, how did they succeed, what area did they go into. Even if you're thinking about getting married, when you're thinking about having kids, I still think that talking to other people, uh, praying about it, you know, I think all those things are important, just as anything when you try to meet your, uh, try to get to your full potential. So I think those are the ways and the steps that I took to ensure that I made some of the right choices in my life and ensure that I continue to make those choices because I think we all continue to grow. We all grow in our profession. We grow in our family life. We grow as humans. And I think if we don't believe that we can continue to grow, we're never going to maximize our potential. If we have ever reached a point where we think we know it all or we have ever reached a point where we feel that maybe we'll never get there and we'll never know, you'll never, either way, either way, whatever fence that you're on, you'll never be able to truly maximize your potential. So those are just some of the steps that I took, and I, can, I take them in all aspects of my life. Right, right. And so uh, just just to close out point number two, uh, remember it doesn't take a, tra- a tragedy, tragedy for you to discover your, your life's purpose. If if you pray, as she said, and seek the face of God, God will reveal to you exactly what it is you're supposed to do. And so point uh, strategy number one is believe that you have potential. Remember to change your mindset about who you are. Number two, you must acquire your potential. I mean, you have to take ownership of it. Know that you are capable of completing the assignment that God has given you. None of us just woke up and knew how to do what we're doing. We all had to be trained. We all had to be taught. We all had to go the extra mile to acquire knowledge, to talk to somebody else, to humble ourselves, to give what we needed to give. But what determines whether or not you're actually going to walk in those steps is when it gets to the point that after you've acquired that, you've got to start doing something with it. So point number three is you must perfect your potential. That means you have to bring your purpose and your potential to full maturity. Okay, so we know everybody, no one is perfect. So don't misunderstand me using the word perfect. I'm talking about maturity when I talk about perfect. So you must perfect your potential. You must bring it into uh, full maturity. You must get an understanding about it. You must, the word of God says with all of your getting, 
get an understanding. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from God, but we must become matured in handling the assignment, handling what it is that God has purposed for us to do. So even as a retail store owner, as a lawyer, as a banker, as a minister, as a professional teacher, whatever your profession is, a real estate agent, whatever it may be, you're going to have to perfect or mature how you handle it. You have to be matured in how you handle the gift because, as you know, uh, just from um, uh, news media and reading the paper or whatever, people who are immature in handling their professions, usually there's a heavy crash that occurs after the result of not handling uh, the calling of maturity or whatever the profession is. So you have to get an understanding, and a part of that upcoming, that comes along with that understanding is as you're um, gaining knowledge, you're maturing in how you handle what you have been purposed to do. So you have to increase your knowledge about whatever it is. So if you're in real estate, if you are um, uh, uh, a doctor, if you are a lawyer, if you're a teacher, a minister, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're a small business owner, um, if you're um, if you have a, a website business, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to have to get a clear understanding about what it is that you are doing, what, this, uh, what are the services you're offering the people. Uh, you have to get a clear understanding about it because most of the time, well, not most of the time, today's, in today's society, people are looking for experts. They're looking for people who are experts in their field. They're looking for people who are well-knowledged, well-versed, and who, know, who uh, know about what they're talking about or the type of services that they're um, providing. So you have to uh, get ready to actually become, what I say, an expert. That means you have to study it. You have to do it. And I summarize it like this. Whatever it is that you have purpose to do, when you be, develop a passion for it, you have to know, feel, and do. You have to know something about what your assignment is. You have to begin to feel it. You have to internalize it. It has to become a part of who you are. And then you have to do it. That means that you have to start walking it out, carrying it out, and making it happen. So at this place, here's where you clarify your vision. Because if you don't clarify the vision, you won't even know what it is that you're actually uh, going after. So to clarify the vision means you write it down. It becomes the starting place of your visualization point. You write it down so, you know, you won't be going off the top of your head about what it is you should be doing. Habakkuk 2.3 says write the vision down, make it plain upon tablets so those that read it can run with it. That includes you. There are going to be times that you're going to have to constantly go back to the vision that you've written down on paper so that you can refresh the dream, refresh the vision in your own mind so that you can remember what it is that you're supposed to do. And, and the Word of God says that you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. So there are times when, you, when you're going through this, it might feel like a little struggle. It may get a little hard at times, but you're going to have to get to a place where there you can go back to the vision tablet, read what it is that God has called you to do, and begin to encourage yourself and get it excited once again about fulfilling your greatest potential. Also, it, uh, it requires some planning. If you're going to maximize your potential, it's going to require planning. So if you are listening and you don't have a, uh, a, a time management system, some type of daily planner, it's a monthly calendar, a daily calendar, one of those uh, uh, Franklin Covey-type uh, planners where you can uh, schedule out your day, then you need to invest in one because uh, if you don't plan your day, then your day will get past you. So you need to actually, it requires planning. That means that you have to uh, uh, schedule out your day. And what that does for you is that it helps you to make some decisions that will get you from where you are today to the, idealist, the, uh, the idealized future or purpose or where you're supposed to be going. If you don't know the direction you're going in, you'll take any road to travel to get there. So the key is to plan your day. 
And uh, for some people, they have more than one time management system. They have one that they, they have a planner they keep in the car. They have a planner that they keep at home. And once a week, they synchronize those things. And so that if you accidentally walk off from home and forget the planner, the, then you have another planner that's in the car. But you need a time management system. You need something that will help you to develop the discipline of managing time because if you're anything like me, you'll find yourself sometimes, you know, uh, saying, you know, I'm going to take a break. And you'll take a break and you'll rest um, on the sofa. And what will happen is you'll find yourself watching TV for two or three hours. And two or three hours has gone by and you haven't done what you're supposed to do. So now in the middle of the night, late hours of the night, you're trying to catch up from the three hours that you lost uh, during the day. So you have to make sure that you actually have a uh, a planner or a, a way to actually manage um, your time. All right. Um, then uh, we're going to give you some I'll give you some keys to planning. All right. The key number one: ask God for wisdom. James one five says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it uh, liberally and abradeth not. He doesn't question you and wonder, you know, and say, well, why don't you know this? You know, ask God for some wisdom when you are making uh, plans or planning. Um, your day. Again, keep a daily planner. Make sure that you have a time management system. Keep it handy. Follow it daily. And also keep some uh, flexibility for the unexpected uh, because there are some things that will unexpectedly happen, and you need to leave some, some room in your daily plan uh, for the day to make sure that, um, that you can uh, accommodate those unexpected moments. And also at this place right here, when you uh, are trying to perfect your potential, here's where you uncover your assets. Here's where you identify what your strengths and your weaknesses are. Um, uh, and your assets are, any, are assets are anything tangible and intangible that you can use to actually fulfill your potential. Okay, so it could be some past um, knowledge that you learned on a job. It could be uh, past experiences that you encountered in life. It's anything that's going to help you reach your fullest potential. There are some things that we've learned we could just toss and clean out the window. But then there are other things that we've learned on jobs that we've learned in other places that um, we can hold on to and we can take it into exactly what it is that we're called to do. There's some administrative skills that we've learned. There's some management skills that you've learned in some places. There's some um, prioritizing organizing skills that you've learned. It's anything that you've learned, um, tangible or intangible, that you can actually use to accommodate um, uh, your potential or to help you maximize your potential. If you are not aware of what your strengths and your weaknesses are, and it's most importantly your strengths, then there are different things that you can do to help identify that. There are some spiritual gift inventories that you can take to, if you're in ministry and you're trying to find out what areas you're interested in or what areas you could possibly be uh, gifted in and if you're struggling with that or just really want to know. There are some spiritual gift inventories. One of the best ones out there is by Peter Wagner spiritual gifts inventory is relatively inexpensive you pay about if you buy from the bookstore you may pay about 3.99 for it you take it once you take it it gives you all the the uh, conclusions in the back so it's real simple also there are some vocational and professional inventories that you can take if you're in the professional arena so far as working on uh incorporations or businesses or you know if you uh might want to try to figure out what area you should study in or if you're going to own a, your own uh personal uh uh, business. It can help you to identify the areas that, that really grab your attention, that keep your interest and your focus. I don't know, um, Tanisha, I know in the past I've taken some. I know when I was in seminary I took one. And uh, it's vocational uh, inventory. And it, it uh, once we took it, the conclusion was that my interest was in law. 
you know, my interest was in law and it was also in helping people. So mm-hmm. probably in either one of those areas, I could um, go in either one of those areas and been fulfilled or and excited and had a, mm-hmm. a fulfilled life. So I wasn't limited, but those were the top two. Then some other areas came up, but I can remember um, majoring um, in college. I actually majored in accounting. But when I when I was in college and undergrad at Southern University, I majored in accounting because it was the number one field at the time, or one of the number one field. That was the thing that everybody was doing. There were, you know, you, and most of the time you go to college, you major in a field that you, you know, you think is going to make you the most money, right? So at that time, for, for during that time, it, for when I was going, it was accounting, it was anything in business, and it was engineering. So I went in accounting. I also went in because I had family members that was in accounting. But can I tell you, it didn't work for me. I mean, it worked. I graduated, and I started working in it, but it wasn't fulfilling. Because when I actually got out there and started working in accounting, I was like, is, there has to be something more than this. It, got, it, it has to be something more exciting than this because working in it to me was very boring. You know, I worked for in New Orleans for a CPA firm, and I was, I mean, I, I did everything. I went all the way to taking the, CP, the, the CPA exam, the Becker CPA review, the whole nine yards, working at the CPA firm. And when I was at the CPA firm, I was like, there has to be more than this. Is this going to be every month people bringing in their receipts and brown bags? You know, so I wasn't fulfilled there. But now they had people who were, who were working there. That was just heaven for them. That, they really enjoyed accounting. I did it, like I said, because it was popular at the time. Well, the more I did that and stayed there, eventually what happened is I got let go from the company because it it was not fulfilling for me. They recognized that that was not the place for me to be. And even after that, I started searching again. And so I did the next best thing. You know, it was like, okay, well, cosmetology is real big. Let's do that. So then I went to cosmetology school, and so I did that for a while. Then I was like, okay, there's still got to be something else, you know, some people are just elated with that. I mean, they do well with it. At some point, I got bored, you know. And I did some creative things with it, but I got bored. You know, won some awards, all that kind of stuff, but it's, I still was bored. And so, but there was no one really there to help me to discover or to teach me how to discover where my potential lies, you know, uh, where my passion was so that I can put my purpose or my potential into or my, my passion into what I was purposed to do. It took a while for me to get there. But now but you know, for today, it, it it shouldn't have to it shouldn't take you years or, you know, for a long period of time to actually discover that. Because there's so much available now to help you in that area. So if you need help in the area of discovering what your strengths are, what your gifts are, what your abilities are, there are there are instruments or tools out there that will help you discover to discover that. There are classes you can take that would help you to discover that. Don't let your potential go on a uh, seeking expedition trying to figure out where it fits in, you know, because at some point you're going to become frustrated and you're going to become um, disappointed and then you'll be like, and if you don't catch yourself at the right time, you'll give up and you'll just take whatever happens, you know, but you still won't be fulfilled and then you'll get in the mindset of going to work every day, you know, just going to work every day, getting a paycheck. But later on in life, you'll be like, I wish I could have. I wish I would have done such and such. So make the pursuit uh, pleasurable for you. You know, use your passion to go after what it is that you have been uh, assigned to do. So if you don't know what your assets are, again, find those things that can, um, those instruments that can help you do that. Also, point number four, connect your potential to a mentor. And I believe you said that earlier. You've got to connect to somebody. But 
when you connect to a mentor, you're connected to somebody who agrees to make an impartation in your life. They are agreeing to help you. They are agreeing to teach you. So I'm going to give you um, some points on connecting to a mentor. Uh, The Word of God says two are better than one. So here are some keys to see if you qualify to be mentored because everybody doesn't qualify to be mentored. We can all get to that place, but everybody's not at that place. All right. Here's number one to be mentored. You have to having a desire. You must have a teachable spirit and open to learning for someone who knows more than you. All right. You have to be ready to learn from someone who knows more than you. As excited as you are, uh, as you are about it, as much as you think you know about it, as smart as you think you are, there is somebody else out there that God has uh, equipped and purposed and planned to know more than you. So you have to have a desire to learn from somebody that knows more than you. Then secondly, willingness to pay the price. You must be ready to cooperate without being forced to do something or to learn something. Don't let the mentor have to stress out trying to get be mentored. You have to get to a place where you are ready to learn and then that you're going to cooperate with the learning. So, and, and what that means is sometimes the mentor will ask you to do some things that either you never thought of or, or you don't really want to do. If the mentor says, okay, uh, I'll meet with you next week, but prior to next week, I want you to have read um, three trade magazines in this area, and we're going to discuss some of the articles that you read and tell me if you agree or disagree with the information. Mentoring you is not always just giving you all the information you need so you can just go and be successful. Mentoring you also is also part of mentoring you means the developing a discipline of professionalism in you in your area. So you have to be willing to cooperate in the learning process. And then you have to be willing to be faithful, committed, and loyal to the connection. You must be devoted to the connection. Don't have a hidden agenda with the connection. Don't have an ulterior motive. Be devoted to the connection. If God has assigned you to a mentor, don't disrespect the mentor. Don't betray the mentor, the mentor, the person that's, that's uh, mentoring you. Don't do that. Have an honest, heartfelt respect for the person that's going to set aside some time to mentor you uh, in the area that you need professional mentoring in. Okay, so here's some beneficial factors for uh, the mentoring connection. Again, respect the mentor. You've got to have an attitude of respect. If you have a hidden agenda, you won't respect the mentor, and you'll get everything that you want from the person mentoring you, and then you'll go on, and then you'll have testimonial amnesia. You'll forget about that person's role in your life and helping you to get where, uh, where, you, where you've gotten to. So don't do that. Don't have testimonial amnesia, and don't disrespect uh, the, uh, the mentor. Uh, don't dis- um, don't distract the mentor. Whenever you get with the person who's mentoring you, you have to stay focused. You have to stay on track, stay on target. Don't uh, distract the mentor by taking the mentor's attention away from why you are connected. Okay, if you if you're having coffee or dinner or lunch or just a private meeting with the mentor, don't go in with a whole lot of world issues that you want to talk about, and then before you know it, your time is up, and so you haven't received the the, uh, the impartation from the mentor that you should have received at that time. All right? Value every teaching moment. When a mentor speaks, you should listen. Um, don't let his or her words fall to the ground. Don't let them um, throw their, sweet, their, their pearls before swine. You've got to value everything that he or she is speaking to you, have a note tablet with you, whether you're in a big setting or if you're in a one-on-one setting. Let the person speak uh, um, directly to your life. Also, uh, number five, relationship must be mutually beneficial. It's not about you just getting everything from the mentor and not ever giving anything uh, back to the mentor. Though that, that mutual 
uh, um, beneficial factor will be discussed between you and the mentor. Uh, there are a lot of mentors that will mentor you and not look for anything in return, but you should never forget where you got your where you uh, got your help from the word of God says give credit to credit is who credit is due and to honor those that should be honored so if somebody spends time mentoring you don't ever forget that where you got your help from don't ever get up in and and uh, where you have an opportunity to acknowledge them or to show respect to them and you just disregard them like like they like they've never done anything for you and then always respect the mentor as the greater uh, or the, the the greater or smarter um, person. Uh, intimidation is not an option. Your disrespect is not an option. You, uh, if the mentor is assigned to your life, that person is not there to, uh, if they really understand what they're supposed to do, and most of them do. When the mentor is in your life, they already know they're there to make an impartation. So uh, uh, the mentor who's good at what he or she does, the anointing on the mentor's life will be big enough to house your, your purpose and your potential. And what I mean by that is they will not be intimidated by the gifts that God has given you, by the assignment on your life, by your ability to accomplish that assignment. The mentor whose anointing is big enough to house your potential will know that you're here for a season. I'm going to make an impartation, and I'm going to push you forward to go and do what it is that you're called to do. That takes a um, uh, a very mature person uh, in order to accomplish that, but it can't be accomplished. But at the same time, you have to have enough respect for the mentor to know that, you know, you don't go to the mentor pridefully or arrogantly, you go humbly, and you receive everything that you're supposed to get, and then you put it into practice. You begin to uh, to carry it out. Um, so uh, when you make that mentorship connection, it's usually what we call saint-to-saint connections. So you don't want to short-circuit your divine purpose in making that connection. If you pull away from that connection too early, the only thing that happens is you're left without the power that God wants to connect you to, and then you're out there on your own trying to fend for yourself when God has already said in his word that two are better than one. So whenever God connects you to a mentor or uh, you become a protege to someone, or if you're in ministry, it's called sons and daughters. If you become a son, become a son or a daughter to someone, or a protege in business or professional careers, then remember, make sure the connection is you maintain that connection until everything that is supposed to be exchanged in that connection has to be has been exchanged. Don't disconnect before time, and don't sever any ties, and don't bite the hand that feeds you. Okay, and so. We're going to uh, the fifth point in maximizing your potential um, is present your potential in the best possible package. You have to know how to present your uh, uh the best way, because these are where this is where you're going to put legs or feet to your potential. So you have to present yourself in the best possible way. Today, you have to really, uh, you can call it marketing if you want to, uh, but you have to present yourself the best. If you've, if you've ever been anywhere uh, to um, an event, an expo, uh, a conference of any time, any type of professional seminar, when you meet someone and you shake hands, the uh, frequently asked question today is, do you have something with information on it about yourself and what you do that I can keep? That information will not fit on a business card. So you're going to need to do something, whether it's a brochure that gives you de- that will, uh, that will give details about who you are, what it is that you do, what areas you're gifted in. You need something to present yourself. I know the Word of God tells us that the gift makes room for you. Uh, your gift will make room for you, but your gift can't make room for you if nobody knows you have it. 
You're going to have to speak up and you're going to have to introduce yourself. You're going to tell people who you are, what it is that you can do, what, what your purpose is, what your assignment is. You're going to have to do that. And you can do that humbly without being conceited. You can humbly introduce yourself to someone and let them know. And you can say, well, you know, if you ever need my services, will you prayerfully consider calling me? Or will you prayerfully consider doing business with me? Or prayerfully consider um, using me or interviewing me for your show? Or whatever the case may be, you need to present yourself in the best possible package. And I heard um, a motivational speaker say once that whatever it is that you want to do, that you have to actually begin to become that. So that means you have to dress like it, walk like it, talk like it. People have to see it every time they come in contact with you. You know, you can't see, uh, say you want to be a professional person in a particular area, and then when people see you out and about that you look like a bum. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to stay suited, suited all the time, but you need to be well presentable. You need to be presentable all the time, okay, because depending on where you're trying to go, you know, um, you have to begin to uh, look the part. So here is where you begin to accelerate your progress. You start pressing toward the goal. And the goal is to, is to actually pursue your purpose and make your potential uh, come alive. So um, um, how do you uh, present yourself, um, Tanisha, if you had to, uh, you know, if somebody says, do you have something that I, about yourself that I, can, that I can hold on to? What is it that you have? Uh, I want to comment on a, a couple of things, but I'll go to five. For me, um, I think my first impression is probably the best impression. I may not have, because of the field that I'm in, um, I may not have a flyer or naturally give out a business card, but I do believe that if I was in a different setting, that providing more information uh outside of a business court will be better, really beneficial. But, for example, for myself, I think overall it's my being articulate, being on time, um, my own presentation and how I dress. Um, I think all of those things are very important to make that first impression. So when people, when you talk to people, they will take you seriously. Um, one, I used to do grant writing um, a while back. So therefore, definitely giving them the credentials of the grant writing, letting them know uh, the work that I've done before, what grants, uh, one of the most popular ones in the New Orleans areas was the Read and See grant, uh, but just letting them know up front some of the things that I've done, what I've actually accomplished, and giving them, giving it, back to them in a manner that they can understand. So for me, it's always first impression. No, I'm not walking in and saying, okay, then, you know, I participated in this grant, I got this grant, or I don't come in and just list all my credentials because I'm still in school and I'm working on a lot of, I mean, not in school, I'm still working on my licensure. So I don't let that define me. But I do, I am, I do make sure that when I communicate with people that I do communicate uh, very articulate, always be well presented as far as dress is concerned, and then I do let them know what I have done before and what I can accomplish. Okay, and, and um, I know some of the things in the future, but um, uh, let's say for uh, for those that are listening, let me give you an example. If you, uh, let's say you are um, a life coach, or let's say that you do seminars, and let's say you ha- you offer some type of professional services, or you you have a uh, a business of some kind, whether it's retail, it doesn't matter what it is. Nowadays, when you go to whether it's an expo, whether it's a seminar, whatever it may be, people are looking for something for you to put in their hands where mm-hmm. they can remember you because they can't. Uh, 
they can't rely on their memory to know who you are. And a lot of, if you if you notice, it, it's been over the last several years, people um, are now putting their pictures on 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 their business cards, on their brochures. Uh, it's almost on everything now that they use as some type of marketing tool. Uh, even on uh, biographical sketches, when people submit a bio, they have their picture on there because I might. Uh, you know, your name might ring a bell, but it's not until I see your face that I might remember who uh, who you are. And if I meet you at an event, um, if I meet you at a workshop, if I meet you at a seminar, and I've met 10, 20, 30 other people, for sure I'm not going to remember you. So when I say present yourself in the best possible way, that means that you have to go the extra mile. And nowadays you can do that relatively inexpensively. Uh, you need to You need to do... A, maybe a larger size business card than rather than just normal business mm-hmm. card. You may want to utilize postcards. Now you can actually have printing done on the normal postcard size and a lot of information because I use postcards. I'll use the postcards, and if I'm at a particular seminar, if I'm at a particular conference, like when I go to, to the uh, Association of Independent Ministries uh, meetings, I have a postcard with my face on it, who I am, all of my contact information, my website um address, my email address, and um, at the very bottom of that postcard, I have it printed on there, AIM member. That means that whoever I give that card to, when they see me, they're going to remember, excuse me, where they got the card from. So I don't put that on everything. I put it on when I go to that particular meeting. But then I have brochures, and I have more than one brochure. I have a brochure that that details everything that I do. All of the ventures are... um, that I do, that's a brochure that when you open up that brochure, it tells you about Ginger London Ministries, tells you about London's Bible and Life Strategies Institute, it tells you about London's uh, fashion and inspirational jewelry, it tells you um, about uh, heart-to-heart uh, Christian uh, life coaching. So all of that, that's a brochure that gives you all aspects of what it is I do. And then that's a brochure that's specifically for Ginger London Ministries. So that brochure will give you the information you need about uh, products, the name of CDs, sermons, also um, where you can uh, contact us through um, regular mail or if you want to contact us by phone, if you want to um, contact us through email. So that information is you have to be unique and creative in how you present yourself because it depends on where you are. And you learn that from experience when you go to different places, what type of presentation that you need to make. There's, I also have what I call, um, a, call a ministry portfolio. So I have that in a two uh, in a, a folder with the two pockets on the inside, and on one side is a biographical sketch. On the other side is the minis- uh, ministry and vision statement. It has um, a sheet in there that talks about my uh, area of experience, uh, what I've done for experience. It also talks. There's a, a sheet or two in there that talks about what I'm skilled at, what it is that I do. Then there's a, a little pocket insert, a uh, little slash insert where I actually put um, a business card. But in addition to that, I do use a one. Um, a colored one-page flyer that actually has my picture on it. On the back, it tells you a little bit more about me. But I insert that into the uh, portfolio along with everything else. And every, depending on who I'm giving the portfolio to, if I've done a conference or workshop or something and I had um, uh, flyers from those events, I insert those events because they actually get a chance when they look through the portfolio to get to see what talk, what was the uh, relationship conference that was put on, what was the theme, who the speakers were, what were the class topics, um, you know, or if I use a, a postcard for to advertise an upcoming event, I, I insert that in there because 
they will read through all of that before they call you. A person will read through all of that. I know, you're right. And gender, especially if uh, you're in the particular field or doing a lot of the things that you're doing. Uh, for my mother, she does some of those same things. Uh, she's the owner of Hope's Carousel. And so she herself, she has her website. You know, she has her flyers that she goes out. There are certain things when people come into her business. Right now she's doing home shows. She's about to go into the free market. But there are certain things that she does She does are that are similar around? to you. Because – Oh, no, I'm not. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Okay. But there are certain things that she does that um, is similar to the same things that you're talking about because it's information dissemination. People need to know who you are. They need to know what your, what your product is, what you're trying to offer. Uh, if you yourself are your product, for example, if you're a motivational speaker, a life coach, or if you're selling products. So those are the type of things that people will need to know, and you have to be sure that they won't forget you in that particular arena. Now, if you're in a different career, you will do that same thing when you're sending off a resume. When you're sending your resume off to get a job, those first impressions, you're going to take some of those same things and maybe not uh, necessarily uh, need flyers because, in addition, you're trying to get a job. But if you're providing a service, such as Ginger may be, or my mom may be providing a service, those are the tips and ideas that you will need to maximize your potential so people will remember you and know who you are. And if you're trying to maximize your potential in a career area, you can use some of those same tips to ensure that you get the job and you land the job that you want. So I, I think that's very important. Absolutely, because it's the same thing as even if you are looking for, if you're applying uh, for a job, your presentation is going to be um, your resume. So how yeah. you present that Correct. resume will determine whether or not they call you back, if they, they call, call you back, they, their interest is sparked, those kinds of things. And so we have um, just a few minutes left. So we want to go over that for, for those of you who are listening may have been taking notes. Um, the five strategies believe that you have potential. Uh, you must adjust, adjust your thought life about who you are. You must believe that there's something great on the inside of you and that you can accomplish it, whether it's business, professional, or ministerially. Uh, you must acquire your potential, but you must take ownership of it. That you got to make some. Nothing just happens. You have to make things happen. So you have to do that. Number three, you must perfect your potential. You must develop it. You must bring it to full maturity. So do what you have to do. Read about it. Study on it. Watch DVDs. Listen to CDs. Whatever the case may be. And now with the internet, there's so many things you can do. Teleseminars, conferences. There's so many things that you can do. Number four, connect your potential to a mentor. Find somebody who can mentor you in the area that you want um, to pursue. And make that connection and stay with the connection. Then present your, number five, present your potential in the best possible package in the best way uh, possible. So find somebody uh, who, uh, like a, um, somebody who's gifted in marketing and help them, let's sit down with them and ask them what are the possibilities of you? How, what are the, the avenues that you can take to present yourself in the best possible way? And uh, grab a hold of some of those things and begin to uh, do some things. Some things that I've done work, some things I don't. That I, that I have done don't work, and so I don't use them anymore, but you have to try those different presentation uh, packages to know what, is, uh, wh- what works best and when it works best uh, for you. And so we have just a few minutes. If you're listening either by uh, uh, Internet or if you're listening by phone and you actually have a question you can, um, or Internet, rather, you can call in to the number 646 
Um, 646-929-2431 if you um, have a question or a comment that you would like to make. And while while we're waiting on someone to call in with a question or comment, then we just want to wrap this up right quickly and let you know that uh, we will be doing some upcoming shows. If you're on our email blast, you'll get the information. If you're not, be sure to go to www.gingerlondon.com, that's G-I-N-G-E-R-L-O-N-D-O-N.com, and become uh, an e-club member um, uh, so that you can actually receive the uh, ministry updates and uh, the information about uh, uh, what's coming up. Also, we're going to also schedule some teleseminars, some teleconferences, and then we're going to do some training things right here on the Blog Talk Radio. So all you have to do is tune in with your tablet. We're going to get some people to come in and speak on, on these different areas. Uh, uh, so I want you to, I don't want you to miss anything. So, Tanisha, take about a minute before we close and just go ahead. And uh, we have about three minutes left. So take about a minute and just go ahead and give them some, some of your pointers right quickly on uh, maximizing your potential, and then we'll come back and uh, close it out. Okay. Um, There were a couple of things that she talked about. There's only one thing I want to piggyback on off of. Well, two things. One is when she, Ginger spoke about a planner, and I just wanted to piggyback and say how important that is, but also understanding how to use your planner is very, very important because a lot of times we write things down and we don't know how to organize those things. Everything is not important. Everything is not urgent. So uh, when utilizing your planner, you have to remember that to be sure that you're putting down things that are uh, important and urgent or non-important and not urgent. And so being able to understand that uh, is very, very important, and that's how you can get the de- uh, your task done and move on from one thing to the next. Also remembering that when you have something that you put down in your planner that you did not do, to be sure to go back. I know these are tips that people tell you all the time, but it's very important to go back and read your planner daily. And if you have something that day before that was not done, you need to reorganize and be sure that you put it on the next day and don't just leave it sitting there. Uh, another thing, when she spoke about mentors, I think it's also very important to remember that we're not looking at mentors for educational-wise, credential-wise, and you may say, okay, this person, you know, I have the same credentials as she does, or I have the same amount of education as she does. Really, it's about how strong that person is in their particular profession, and that's what you need to respect. And so I think when we do that, be we're on a job and it's our supervisors or uh, people in leadership positions, these people are in these positions from a career-wise for a reason. And I think a lot of times when we're on a job, we may be faced with people who have the same degrees as us, but we also have to understand, or even not degrees, the same experience as us, we also have to understand that they're in this position for a reason and we can learn from it. So I think those are only two things that I wanted to uh, to discuss, being sure that you effectively use your planner and that when you do have a mentor, uh, to utilize that mentor in a way that will not only benefit the company, benefit yourself, but benefit everybody that's involved, and don't get too caught up in um, what they have and what I have. And that that's all I wanted to say in that area. Okay, and uh, and so we're getting to the, the to the end of this particular show. And again, go to gingerlondon.com, or if you are a Blog Talk Radio, if you have have something on Blog Talk Radio, add me as a friend so that you can actually get the next the coming the upcoming episodes. If you're not, go to Blog Talk uh, www.gingerlondon.com, become an e club member, uh, uh, so that you can get up 
the informational updated uh, the upcoming shows. So I want to thank uh, thank Tanisha for t- uh, joining me in on today. Again, this was the premiere show. Uh, if you know someone, it'll be available. Uh, in the archives where you can hear the episode again. Thank you for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to have some exciting shows coming up. And so uh, I want to thank everybody. We have the live chat room in. I forgot to mention that to you if you're listening by uh, Internet, that we have a live chat room up. So everybody that's listening, that's in the chat room right now, that's listening uh, through Internet, thank you for tuning in. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Ginger London Show, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 